Welcome to Market Talk, uh, brought to you by Allendale. And I am Greg McBride, and I am joined by Mike Lung. Mike, some fireworks uh, from both directions today uh, in the markets, and it does leave me a little bit worried about uh, what we're seeing in, say, the beans or even the wheat, which wheat was huge today and it still doesn't look all that great. So let's start let's start talking about the beans, which went from, oh, no, we're falling apart last night at the beginning to, man, this looks great to oh, we suck again. Uh, big outside day down uh, today, huge range. What do you make of uh, of this uh, situation? Yeah, so clearly a lot of it swept up with the crude oil down five bucks, getting real near that $80 mark. And it really just seems like the overnight session with the lack of volume propped it up on the whole uh, Putin talking about revisiting the Ukraine grain deal. And with the light volume that took place, seeing some algorithms hit it and jump these markets higher, seeing some follow through into the day session before remembering what is actually going on, which is just because Putin says that we should revisit the grain deal doesn't mean it's going to actually happen. And if he decides that I'm going to shut down by bombing the ports or whatever it may be, well, now you've gone against a UN deal. And that has major consequences. Oh, he doesn't care about the UN, Mike. Come on. (laughs) Uh, But it it just comes down to there's nothing really concrete that happens. It's just he made one statement. You had the weed up over 50 cents at some one point and midday get another statement. Uh, We had talks with Russia and they seem to go well and. No escalation at this point. So, so we're, we're trading. We're trading headlines from hour to hour, multi-hour tra- uh, headlines here. Um, I mean, he's he in part of what he said today. He ta- he threatened to shut down all energy exports uh, to Europe or whoever um, if he didn't, if they didn't get some of these sanctions lifted. I mean, he's talking, he's talking liquid, natural gas, crude oil, uh, coal, uh, you know, gas and, and uh, diesel fuel. I mean, you name it. Uh, That to me, if he's shutting that down, that's a scarcity type situation. That's going to drive prices up. Now, obviously, it would probably drive prices up in other areas. But why are we seeing energies take uh, such a beating off of that? I mean, natural gas uh, down 20 or 30 cents. I mean, it's it's looking like it's potentially trying to set up a a head and shoulders top, um, which would require a right shoulder around maybe nine and a quarter, nine fifty. Um, but you had, you know, like you mentioned crude being down five dollars. What why would him shutting that all down be so violently bearish today? Isn't that a scarcity issue or or is that just a we can find it from somewhere else type situation? More the latter, because it's less of I'm gonna shut this door and more of I'm gonna shut this door while opening this other door. You have them making comments about, well, I can shut down supplies to EU, and I can also uh, start a pipeline that goes through Mongolia into China, and India is more than welcoming to take the energy as well. So it's really just moving how this energy gets to the market. 
And okay. that's where it comes into play of it's not, it, it at first glance looks very bullish. I mean, if you take supply off the market, well, there's less of it. But if we're just moving how it goes about, much like when we were coming down from the highs off of wheat early this year, and it showed that Russia was still exporting a great amount of grain and more than they typically do even on a given year. And you start to talk about, well, it looks like they're taking some grain out of Ukraine and just moving it through a different channel. It's it's really not has the supply shrunk from this headline or has the supply stayed the same? It's just coming from a different area. Sure. Where's the aggregate supply at this point? Well, and we've already heard that uh, uh, China is going into business for themselves essentially by buying Russian natural gas and turning around and selling it at a markup to uh, to the EU or, or some of the other customers uh, out there that aren't, aren't willing to uh, aren't willing to do what Russia wants which is pay in rubles um, you mentioned something earlier today that uh, does have some wide-ranging uh, uh, concerns to it which is um, shifting to being backed by the yuan you want to you want to explain uh what where that's coming to and and uh what that means uh, what that could mean for the u.s yeah so as of right now you had russia that kept going on and on about if you want russian energy you have to pay in rubles well now overnight you have another headline coming out saying that they're switching that from you have to pay in rubles uh from a deal with china to it can be 50 50 rubles and yuan and the reason that's so significant is because at first you had the U.S., which is the reserve currency, the ruble that Russia has been trying to push and trying to get more dominant on the world market, and the yuan that's just trickling in the background but has been picking up a ton of steam with a lot of deals on the international market recently been uh, backed by the yuan. Obviously, this now shifting to 50-50, and it's gaining more and more strength. So with China gaining more strength and seeing more of this international uh, market being priced in yuan, the more that they gain market share there and the more deals that are struck with the yuan backing gives them more power, more weight. Right now, the U.S. has the dominant reserve currency, but as that's starting to shift, that decreases our power and decreases the want for people to be shifting money to the U.S., buying U.S. debt, buying U.S. bonds, whatever it may be, and start to shift where they want to store their wealth, which as you start to do more business in the yuan, you start to look at more of Chinese-based instruments of wealth preservation. And that's what's really interesting, the fact that uh, Russia is saying, you know what, we're going to take a step back on our 100% 100% Russian stance when it comes to rubles, and we're going to do 50-50 with China. That gives a lot more weight to China than what we we're previously seeing, which was two smaller players trying to fight for that larger player spot to now one smaller player giving up their weights and giving more credence to the other player in order to attack the larger one and dethrone them from that reserve currency spot. Now, I mean, with all the problems over in China, as far as, you know, they're still battling and shutting down COVID or cities because of COVID, um, you know, they had this massive or maybe they still do. I haven't necessarily been paying exact attention to it, but they they have this massive drought that uh, really forces them to back off on their use of hydroelectric power because the uh, the 
uh, reservoirs that they pull from are depleted. Um, so that means that they're not they're not manufacturing, they're not or as much, or they're not using uh, uh, fuel or crude oil or or any of that. Um, you know, this is a this is a country that, much like the rest of us, is the rest of the world is kind of on the verge of a recession or you know falling apart in general. I mean, you look at the the housing market situation over there with Evergrande and all the others that are uh, that are tied up into that, and it really seems like they're they're you know it's a house of cards ready to fall over. Does this? prop them up in such a way that uh, maybe it takes a little bit of that that uh, recession or that uh, collapse uh, risk away? I think the larger thing to be watching when it comes to China is the fact that when you had the U.S. and the EU pumping all the stimulus into the market, China was relatively quiet. They didn't do a whole lot. And now you're starting to see them pump stimulus in. So they've held back on spending. And when it comes to things along those lines, it's whoever can spend more is going to win. And we've obviously spent a whole lot coming up to to present and we're still lending money out and lending money out, especially these foreign countries is a good idea because when those countries that you're lending to win, they have to pay you back. They're in debt. They're paying interest on it. Big problem is if we've spent all this money, and we've lent out all this money, and Ukraine does not win, Russia's not going to pay back those interest. They're not going to pay all these debts that we outlined to Ukraine. And now you have China, who's been making deals with South America for food security, making deals with Russia for energy security, and making deals all over the place while keeping their stimulus relatively low, they now have more of that reserve in order to come out here and start pumping stimulus into their economy in order to help elongate the collapse or Mm -hmm. even being able to hold off until they can start to really build back into it. But as of right now, they have been able to lock down enough and keep prices and everything suppressed enough that now that we're finally in this phase, they can start pumping money out and they can really put themselves in a good position while everyone else has already done most of what they are yet to do. Sure. All right. Well, let's uh, let's tick a few boxes here real quick and let's talk uh, uh, specifically to today's chart action because um, I know you've got it sitting in front of you. So let's uh let's hit uh, four different markets and i want to i want to get your take on on what you saw today um let's look at the corn because we already kind of mentioned a little bit about some of these but uh uh corn goes to 62% retracement uh at 688 uh that's 62% retracement of the move from the high in may to the low in july um and then it backs off what do you make of of that chart still bullish so not only did it hit 62% or 68% retracement, it also came down and hit some of these lows from the beginning part of June before that correctional rally that took place leading into the middle part of June before the big collapse that came in. So the fact that we did stop there along with that 68% retracement gives a little more weight towards that more at least short-term bearish scenario from here. You have the gap that's got a couple gaps that are still below. You got a couple gaps that are still above you. But with that rejection and that move really to close back down below the 
recent highs, well, that recent spike highs, um, it's not looking overly bullish from this point. So further fallback, especially with the macro markets continue to fall back, you could see this corn go down and try and fill up some of these downside gaps, maybe enter a sideways range as we get into harvest. But for us to continuously rally as we get closer and closer to harvest is going to be more and more difficult to do because we're coming to a point that we're going to have the most supply for the next year that we will have. So it's sure. definitely difficult to continue to rally the core market at this point. And some of these points of reference that we stopped at definitely doesn't sit well for the bullish case. Okay. The outside day down in soybeans. Where do you, where what do you see on on that? Because that obviously is is a bearish uh, uh, indicator, a, a bearish setup. Um, are we are we still just chopping, or did is that kind of the uh, the end of the uh, potential for upside for right now? So it does look like it gives you a further downside projection, potentially back down towards some of these recent lows, filling up gaps, things along those lines. But definitely a bearish look to it with that pennant type pattern that's taken place the last several sessions, especially if you bring it down in time value or time uh, intervals, you've got a nice pennant that we did break out of here today to the downside. So as of right now, with the volume back in it, with that big outside day lower and with that half staff type move, it it would suggest a further lower move and some more liquidation coming into the mix for the B market. Okay, then November has a gap at thirteen forty nine and a quarter. Yep, exactly. Okay, so that's probably at least the first major target on the downside at, at this point. Maybe. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, it's hey, we mentioned this before we started recording, and I've I've talked about this in the in the office here, but uh, uh, tough to look at a a twenty seven cent gain in the uh in the wheat market today as a uh as a a failure or a negative thing for for wheat but that's kind of what it looks like right yeah you have a nice big volume day that's a pivot type of look when you're looking at just a volume basis and you also saw us break above the recent topside range before closing back within it so Looks like you do have a potential for a false breakout with the volume spike to pivot the uh, market. And as of right now, even with it up 27 and a quarter to settle out the day, which was almost 30 cents off the highs, uh, it looks like we could be seeing this continue to be range bound and work its way back lower after today's, well, really the overnight's impressive movement. Right. We had, uh, did we have a, a false breakout to the downside uh, a few weeks ago, uh, kind of set us up for this move uh, to the to the upside here recently? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. And as of right now, it went pretty close to where the objective would have been. Yeah. So to at least see a correctionary move back lower uh, before potentially resuming, would not be over surprising out of this wheat marketing, especially until we get some more concrete news out of this whole Russia situation. Sure. Okay. All right, and then we'll uh, we'll uh, end it with uh, with one more. It's a big it's a big market. It is it is the crude market. That market has, I think it took uh, like ten or twelve days to gain, or maybe it was two or three weeks to gain ten dollars. Gave it all back in three sessions and has now taken out. Uh, I believe the 
the lows all the way back to February, maybe even into late uh, January. Um, really kind of looking uh, looking ugly here. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, a lot of money that's tied to this, and a lot of markets that pay attention to the crude oil. What are you seeing in that in that crude market? Uh, uh, is there any hope for uh, for a, a resume a resumption of the upside with maybe some uh, some hyperinflation, or is this just from a technical standpoint? We are going to continue to see this thing back off. Uh, where where do you stand on that? As of right now, with what we're seeing, you're probably going to want to see some kind of large volume spike day where you're down. I mean, you could be down as much as you are today because seven, seven or five and a half percent is a large amount to be down. But you'd like to see that volume spike with it in order to really look for a good pivot type of movement. So as of right now, potentially dipping below 80, seeing some mid 70s wouldn't be overly surprising out of this market but i'd be really looking for that spike low where you spike the volume in order to say that we've seen the move in crude and to be looking for the next leg to come into play so are you talking like a day where we get i mean five to seven to ten dollars down and then finish you know, kind of like what we saw with the wheat, uh, but the opposite uh, uh, opposite direction, where it may finish down two or three dollars, but it's well off the lows. Uh, uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah, something that you you see a very clear defined just panic type of mo- motion. People get out of the way, and then you see it recover, and you got a nice amount of volume back in the whole move. So, if I had to give a range somewhere between this. 74 and 78 mark is where I'd be looking for it just on a technical basis where it's suggested to move. Awesome. Good stuff, Mikey. So if you guys have any questions about anything we talk about, please feel free to give us a call. That's going to be 800-2-MARKET, 800-262-7538. But today for Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lung and Greg McBride signing off. You guys have a great one.